Welcome back, everybody, to Looking for the Ocean, the show where we watch everything that Pixar has ever made and we talk about what it means to us. Today, we are joined by three friends who make up the podcast Star Wars Therapy. They are Caleb, Alex, and Steven. Thank you guys so much for being on here. I'm Mark Young, as always. I'm joined by Danny Vincent. Uh, Danny, hello. Hi. I, of course, want to, like, know how you're doing, but uh, guys from Star Wars Therapy, since there are so many of you, do you just want to, like, sound off and give a little bit of a hello so people can know your voices and assign a name to the voice? Absolutely. I'm uh, I'm Caleb. You may recognize me from the uh, Cars episode. If you got through all the talk about Brendan Fraser. Um, (laughs) You gotta say that whenever Cars Great. comes up. It's a lot. <laughs> and I'm Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Steven. You may also recognize me from Star Wars Therapy. Hi, oh, yeah, that too. Where we slander Whoa. George Lucas every month. <laughs> yes. yes. You might recognize all of us as George Lucas impressionists that can be found at Hollywood Boulevard every <laughs> single day. I did actually do that for Halloween, for our Halloween party, and the best thing was, is that I went as George Lucas, and Leia, uh, sorry, not Leia, I I called you by the costume you went as. I know. So, Caleb and his girlfriend went as Leia and Han, but Caleb went as Leia, and she went as Han, and I had no idea, so I got to sit there with my Adam and Eve, my beautiful (laughs) creations, my wonderful, wonderful creations. You that know. is very good. It's Adam and Eve, not Padme and Eve. Thank you, Danny. All right, <laughs> today we're here to talk about. That's a cool right You know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Danny. Um, I've listened to a couple of episodes at this point, and um, I've heard a couple of jokes like that. I was going to live to be like 78. I am down to like a crisp 56 because they've taken years Damn, off of 22 my life. years? So just, well, let's see if I can get yo, it. Yo, you no, took drinking age off of yeah. this life. God damn. I know. I know. My depression can drink, and it does. A whole oh. young adult lost. <laughs> anyway, we're there today to spe- we're speaking there of time. Today. I'm sorry. I'm let, so sick. Let me you tell already you guys. lost control, uh, Mark. Speaking I'm so of sorry. time lost, you want me to tell we're you here what we're today doing? to talk about Strange Magic, a film from the mind of George Lucas. I've and, got uh, yeah, strange Danny. magic in me. Jesus Every Christ. time what? it touches my heart, it turns into mold. Danny, I want you to know that that is single-handedly oh better than any of the songs in the movie. Yeah, this song, some, for some reason, this iconic song about magic is not in this film. That includes every... Now, my theory is because well, yes, it is. What? What? Oh, 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 you mean the one that you were singing. The, yes, yes, the song magic, that I'm singing. The, yes, oh, you know, your rendition is better, about. but yes. Thank you. I don't know, I got thrown by the switched-up lyrics. Anyway, Strange Magic is this 2015 film released by Disney, directed by Gary Rydstrom, who directed uh, Floating, nope, Falling he Up. he directed Lifted. What? Mark, let me do it. Lifted. Let me do it. I know, I know yep. stuff. Let me go. Thank you so much. All, All right. right, Strange Magic. This is a film that was in development for years. Uh, I was trying, this is what I sang right before we recorded, I could not find when Gary Rystrom got on board for this, because I assume it was in development for way longer than when he got put in charge of it. It gives me the impression that he was the one who landed the plane, so to say. Um, 
What I got was, I think it was around 2011 is when he directs Hawaiian Vacation as well for Pixar, the Toy Story 2. And then I believe he goes to work at Lucasfilm on this film. Now, this is, uh, I, I couldn't, I also should have looked this up beforehand. I think this might be the final or close to final last Touchstone film, which is really funny because Touchstone is designed to be the adult a film place of Disney, and they're us. Well, this movie sucks, so you can have it. We don't want Disney. Oh, okay, no. The last Touchstone movie is The Light Between the Oceans, which is in 2016. This is the third to last Touchstone movie. Um, mm. So, uh, but yeah, this is a Touchstone picture because Disney did not want their name on it. Uh, it was, and I thought this was an uh, apocryphism or whatever it was, but no, Wikipedia, first thing they say about the movie is. Lucas has been working on this film for 15 years because he wanted to make Star Wars for girls. Uh, <laughs> Do we think this is Star Wars for girls, yeah. everyone? No. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, it definitely shit. is like... Okay. It's if you like don't know what like girls the are, Menace and Attack of the Clones for girls, <laughs> which I'm pretty okay. sure George doesn't. <laughs> so, so let me say it like this: in the way that when we we've talked about George Lucas before, it's like George Lucas himself is a funny guy. Like when you t- when I'm, su- I'm assuming when people talk to him, when you see conversations with him, he's a funny guy. Same thing with like how he is around people. I'm sure he's a very good guy. I'm sure he likes women, but in the same way that when he tries to write funny. He's like, oh, I have to do an impression of someone who's funny. What would someone who's funny say? It's like, he then does that with women, I think, where he goes, oh, what would girls like singing? Girls like singing, else. and also they want <laughs> they want their love story to be about marrying this disgust. Well, granted, everyone in this movie looks disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you going to come against like, Alan Cummings? No, one, no one's coming out of this unscathed. <laughs> Listen, well, he I, wanted to make it for in, the girls. It ended up being for the gays, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But. Actually, I think this movie is incredibly heteronormative, but that's, that's the uh, sense. The, the gays would disagree with oh, you. Oh, this is going to uh, be good. Well, I'll tell you right now, my, 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 my gay friend who's not on the podcast, I looked at their Letterboxd review, and they said that um, their only review is two and a half stars. This might be the most heteronormative version of a Midsummer Night's Dream ever made. So... <laughs> Really? What is? Oh well. This is an adaptation of well, Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, I know. I just they're, they're all pretty straight. I mean, I haven't seen a my. Don't you I like don't at know. the end where these two men sidekicks are like, "Hey, you're cute. You're kind of cute. Oh, just to be clear, I'm a girl. I'm just voiced by men. Oh, okay." <laughs> just about every yeah, like Shakespeare, Shakespeare movie or Shakespeare play can be turned very gay very easily. I think. Okay. But this yeah. is not a play. This is a movie. This is and a movie. Just, I, I will <laughs> respond to it like being more more for gays than girls. I was watching this and I was <laughs> I was girls. like, well, no, I do need to justify <laughs> this That's eventually. That's what Luca is too. Luca, the Pixar movie more for gays than girls. Film theory is strange magic more pro gay or anti women. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the two. It's not. It's not in between. <laughs> Well, just just to respond to the hypothesis that this was like made for girls without girls in mind, I I was watching this earlier and thinking like, oh, well, we're gonna come on the podcast and it's gonna be a bunch of dudes and no women, so I, I need to like need I need to to run this by some other people first. So I was like showing clips to my girlfriend kind of <laughs> as I was watching them, 
and she, and she kind of confirmed what I thought. That was like I don't know. I feel I feel like people, women, would go for the very gross, like unattractive antihero boy, and I, I think that that is appealing. And I think that even though we kind of we kind of feel like oh my gosh we've we've seen the um, we've seen the heroine like oh I'm I'm goth and evil now and I swing a sword and that means I'm different like we we might we might turn up our noses at that she was like nah I mean that's legit some people want to feel that way and I'm quote I'm quoting her kind of but she was like I think this movie is just for children and it is so on the nose with what it wants to say that it's hard to say that it's like oh this film is like uh you know anti-women or it's like for this or for that i think i think that it's just clumsy i know yeah much like a lot of what george lucas does i think it's clumsy um but when i was when i was searching online for this i found two interesting things about it which is about two more interesting things than I found in the movie itself. One was, uh, which we could talk about a little bit later, George's uh, want to implement uh, contemporary music. The other is this... Like Elvis. Uh, yeah. yeah. Contemporary. <laughs> contemporary. Yeah. Um, the other is the uh, the kind of cult, uh, cult embracing of it that... Uh, a queer audience has done. And it's not like this is a cult classic by any means, but I definitely found a lot of, if people were talking about this movie online, they were queering it. And especially I saw uh, the, the lens that made this movie remotely interesting is saying that it's a trans for trans narrative with the two main characters, uh, being trans. And I was like, okay, it, hey, if that's what you get out of this movie, then hell yeah. Um, and that almost... was on this podcast anymore after last week's episode, Mark's banned me. Ah well, I'm I'm just I'm just repeating what I've heard from my fellow uh, my fellow queer folk. Um, I I can say though, as a as a queer man, uh, I did not find much queer joy in this movie. It was pretty pretty miserable to get through. So if I can respond to that real quick uh, with a, I remember this is fitting because it's a Star Wars thing. I remember there was at one point in my life, there was someone I was working with, and this person was like super, super, super religious. Like, not, and not even any way or the other, very uncomfortably, like, would bring it up in every sentence to the point where it's like, if anyone does that with any topic, you're just like, dude, can you talk about something else? Like, basically, someone asked him, like, oh, do you do anything outdoors? And he goes, you mean out in creation? Oh, God. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, no. Okay. So, the point I'm trying to make is that I was talking to him the day after I saw The Rise of Skywalker. And, yeah, which many people call a religious experience. (laughs) I have never felt closer to Uh, Satan. (laughs) That's the only movie I've ever walked out of, like, in the middle of the movie I had to take a lap. I was so mad at something that happened and I was like, I I just need to leave. And walk around. And I understand. Come back. <laughs> I understand. I had to go home with my girlfriend, who at the time was not really familiar with Star Wars, and was like, "Oh, that was a movie." And I was like, "No, it wasn't. It was awful." Um, <laughs> but like, basically, he said to me, this very religious guy said, "You know, I found it to be very spiritual," and kind of started going on about like what it meant to him and how he interpreted it. And I was just thinking the whole time, you know what, dude. If you get that out of it, 
go for it. I'm jealous. I, I wish I could. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't in like in good moral conscious. <laughs> like do so, that. I feel like that's generally a good idea. Like I generally approach a movie whenever I don't like it. I'm like, dang, I wish I liked this. You know, with the exception of like things that are like obviously like problematic you know what i mean in that case i'm like no fuck this movie for existing type of thing and obviously strange magic is not problematic for existing that yeah. said what i wrote down about the movie was this somehow was oh, let me let me see exactly what i wrote down because i was really proud of how i worded it and it'll be on my letterbox when i post it it's like uh this is exactly what i expected it to be but it's somehow that somehow makes it better than i hoped for <laughs> like i wasn't expecting anything good but since it wasn't like like, it wasn't like I was falling asleep while watching it. I was watching it with... Like, I was watching it, nothing was retained, really, but I wasn't, like, repulsed by it other than the animation, you know? Alex, would you like to give your, your quote that you said a couple of days ago about this Oh, movie? yeah, I was planning to drop that at some point in here. Uh, and and yeah. I'll, I'll just admit, I'm going to probably have a hard time with making points on this podcast because I made a prophecy two days ago that has come true. And that is, uh, the two of them were over here, we were all watching it together, and at the end of the movie, I said, guys, I'm gonna be real, two days from now, I think I'm gonna forget 99.9% .9 of what happened to this movie. <laughs> and the only thing I can think of right now is, wise man, everything else, that and like the, the, one of the goblins was like insanely detailed on his face. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, can I give a couple more stats on this movie, even though we've already kind of got into Go it? Go for it. I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Do some stats. This, this is obviously a January release. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the most January release. Yeah, except <laughs> it was released less. in Turkey in October. <laughs> oh, do we want to give the turkey stats? <laughs> that was my favorite part of the other night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think it's... I, I don't know if he said this out right. This is a movie... That if it came out today would hundred percent be a tax write off because yes. it was only released because they had they bought Lucasfilm and had this finished if, film so they're like oh we had to put it out if Warner Brothers made Slotted strange magic <laughs> <laughs> wow that's can you imagine like the, the the news articles like how dare they cancel strange magic this is George Lucas's vision and then the movie and everyone's like oh yeah it's George Lucas's vision here's my favorite stat. Um, so the movie made uh, $12 million domestically, um, but don't worry, it made up for that by making $1 million internationally. <laughs> um, it was released in four countries. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Turkey, South Africa, Greece, and Singapore. For the record, I believe that makes it so... I believe... I'd have to look it up to be certain, but I know Turning Red made more than this worldwide. I'm pretty sure Solo <laughs> Luca might too. I don't know why, Danny. I thought you were about to say, like, oh, this actually makes this the highest grossing Turkish film of all time. And I was going to say. At a whopping $31,000. One lone man had a decision. See it. <laughs> 4,000 times or buy a Honda Civic. <laughs> um, another thing I really wanted to mention that I did not have a chance to mention is there is... Um, this is ILM doing the animation. And they really yeah. only two films. And I kind of am regretting us not doing the other one as like a special episode because Rango rules. Um, oh, Rango. Really, yeah, oh, Rango's yeah. fun. It it's really a shame to imagine the team from Rango doing like, all right, 
Here's Strange Magic. And then, of course, just title this episode Strange Magic a Slash Rango. We just vaguely talk about a movie we kind of remember. Wait, is that the one where Johnny Depp is like a gecko? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot that existed. It's got really okay. I might check it out. Great Hans Zimmer score. Yeah. And Bill Nye, the British one, not the scientist, plays like the the snake dude. He does. He's really great. Yeah, he's awesome. I just remember Freak Timothy Oliphant shows up in that movie as Clint Eastwood. Timothy Oliphant in a Western role? That's weird. Yeah. Who would cast him? (laughs) Who would have thought? He's never done that. Um, They should do that for like five seasons of a show. What are the Turkish stats? Oh, you it, said you had them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It was just simply Mark's that been waiting know, with bated breath over its theatrical it run in Turkey, it made only like thirty-one thousand dollars. <laughs> it opened at thirty-one thousand dollars. It made forty-nine, oh, and uh, it opened. It opened in October, so like well into the year. Those turkey fans of George Lucas were waiting for Strange Magic. <laughs> they in were the holding same way hope. Americans went around the block in May of 78. <laughs> Can I completely change the subject? Something really dumb just popped in my head when I was looking at the Wikipedia page. Um, okay. There's a part of this movie where, you know, there's these, there's a few songs. It's a musical. We'll get into the music eventually. But there's a couple songs that are only like played as chants, like army chants. And one of them starts playing, I'm like, ah, shoot, Matt Reeves must have seen this and, like, took it for the Batman. And I realize now I was thinking of the Morbius trailer instead of the Batman. Oh, the people are strangers? <laughs> yes. Yeah, which I will go ahead and say it. Musically, I was... It's not so, something in the way. <laughs> so seeing Morbius in theaters was fantastic because it was just me and my dad. And, like, as soon say as some again. of the music in that actually <laughs> happened, we were like, that's just the soundtrack from Batman Begins. So I kind of I understand why you get the two confused. They're trying. One of them's trying to be about a Batman. The other one's about Batman. <laughs> I, I, don't, I think Caleb has heard this story. I don't know if anyone else here has heard this. But when I saw Spider-Man No Way Home and we got the Morbius trailer, my brother leans over to me and goes, "Wait, so is that like a multiverse Batman movie?" It's the man bat movie. We What's kind of makes sense, actually. Uh... <laughs> Did anyone, like, know about this movie from, like, when they were younger in 2015 before we watched no. it today? Because I think that I knew about it, and I didn't actually know that there were songs in it until it started playing. I, well, I knew um, it was a jukebox musical because I've always, I've, you know, I'm always into animation, right? So this is a movie that was on my radar, and then as soon as the trailer came out, I'm like, oh, okay, it's off my radar. <laughs> like, that's what the animation looked like. I was like, okay, that's fine. There's a there's another little movie that came out in 2015 that kind of sucked up most of my attention called The Force Awakens. <laughs> mm. Oh, so you're oh, thinking yeah. about that? Actually, you know what? A trailer was already out for Force Awakens. Oh they yeah, I dropped the trailer it. Oh, a year in advance. Yeah, I dropped at Christmas, and I had what a, thoughts. What a modest art house film, honestly. Um, I know. Yeah, <laughs> one for them, one for me. Girl in the desert. I um, I was tangentially aware of this movie. It was like I, 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 I around 2014 is when I started to get kind of into film. So like, I kind of could start recognizing the movies that are bad that was kind of the first rule i learned was like if it comes out in january it's bad um so when i saw it and i saw the animation style i saw when it was coming out and i was like yeah i'm gonna skip that one and then i watched it with my two friends 
And here Eight we are, years later. recording a podcast. <laughs> what a weird sequence of events that led us here. <laughs> Just What's better people. than this? Three adults gathering together to watch Strange Magic. Eight years <laughs> Every after decision release. we have ever made in our lives has led us to this moment right here, right now. And I don't regret. I don't regret the single thing. I'm looking at my letterbox logs for January 2015 because I am curious what I was watching. Yeah, right. Looks like I was seeing Birdman. Yeah, and I was getting probably, hyped for Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, I was probably catching oh, up on all the uh, all the all the art how, or the uh, Oscar, Oscar movies. movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I watched so The wait. Raid Two at home on opening weekend of this. Oh, I, I saw like, Selma. Go- I want to like go back to that. You said you said that that was just when you were getting into movies. It was like 2014. So was that like the end of high school for you? Yeah. So uh, I graduated uh, in 2014, and like uh, to be honest, you know, for me it was like I so kind of like my friend groups kind of dissolved at the end of high school. So I felt like pretty abandoned. Uh, so like I went to the movies all the time, and I made friends who would want to go to the movies all the time, and like movies just like started to have more of an effect on me and i started to kind of question why i liked them and started to pick it apart and of course you get into the nostalgia critic um and other things Mm -hmm. like that and you kind of build up your own idea of criticism but uh yeah the 2014 was kind of the year because like whiplash came out that year guardians of the galaxy came out that year x-men days future past came out that year it was just a great year for movies and i'm always just like how to train your dragon 2 came out like that it was, was just a, a year that i always define as like a very spread the love year i feel like 2015 is very much a year where there's like you know there's some really great movies in there and then summer but summer's basically mad max fury road and inside out right yeah and then <laughs> that, winter that the is stuff. the force awakens so yeah. yeah and creed so it's like those yeah, exactly. four blockbusters and beyond that it was kind of like very rough but those were good enough that it covered the year you know yeah yeah definitely. for you too but for you too, like your love of movies came out of it being like a communal experience and a way to get to know other people. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like, um, I mean, oh my god, I I got to, <laughs> I saw Guardians of the Galaxy like, I think nine times in theaters mm. because like every week, you know, I would because I was trying to find myself in other people. Um, a lot of the time, it was like a girl I was dating or whatever. Hey, do you want to go see this movie or like you know a friend of mine or whatever so i started to kind of hang out with whoever wanted to hang out with me because i was kind of disenfranchised from like not really having a friend group anymore so getting to do that you know it it made me get to know people on a different level and some of those people i'm still friends with to this day and it's like mm-hmm. i don't know it, it it i started to explore a whole lot more and i feel like exploring the people i was around exploring the art i was taking in because um, a lot of weird movies came out that year too, like Enemy uh, from Denis Villeneuve came out, and I loved it because I was just like, "This is so weird, and I have no idea what this means. I need to go to YouTube and figure out what it means." <laughs> Back when uh, YouTube was somewhat yeah. innocent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to like zero in versus everybody else. Well, part part of this uh, the show is like a, there's an, an element of biography. I actually, yeah, oh, I was gonna say, can like, we table like, Strange Magic for a second? Because I remember realize we haven't had guests. In so long, like new guests, we've had a bunch of returning guests. Mark's like, oh, I guess so. But I mean, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If uh, well, we have the, they have the outline in front of them, so we can just ask them the the, the introduction questions on the outline. Well, yeah, where is that outline, outline by the way? Anymore. Is it in the chat? 
It's yeah, in the Discord chat. Discord chat. Yeah. So we're yeah. gonna we're gonna table strange magic for so, like ten minutes. Sorry we'll guys. Oh man, no, forgot how fine. to do our show. Dang. We haven't I, I had guests in so long. We really have new guests. Are, are all of our guests recently been repeat like repeaters returners? If I can't talk so, about so strange not, magic oh, right now, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. <laughs> well, Why must hold, you do hold this on, to me? God. <laughs> All these notes prepared, no, I just want people to know how much no. I love strange magic. <laughs> I I know I think that's I think that that is fair. Here, let me. Um, I can ask yeah. the first. Oh, question. sorry, I pulled up the. Yeah, yeah, ask the first question. Uh, should I, 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 should I just ask you both and you both answer? The yes, same exact time. same time. Yeah. yeah, we will talk over each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we totally don't All do right. that enough. Yeah. So, how did you first encounter <laughs> Pixar as a film or as a studio or as a concept? However, you want to take this question. Uh, I mean, I think, like, wait, how do you, how do you mean, like, how did I encounter the, like, like, the thing as Pixar? I'd be like, Like, so when I, the way I would define this question for me, I'd be like, oh, when I was a kid, I saw Toy Story on VHS. That's literally what I was thinking, yeah. I was like, (laughs) I mean, I think, like, you know, Pixar, it's been around long enough, and it's been that, like, you know, it's, it's in some way, shape, or form a part of all of our childhoods. And so, like, you know, for me, it was it goes all the way back to, like, Toy Story and stuff like that, where, like, you know, you just know movies as movies. You don't really know, like, like, I saw the, I saw the lamp crush the eye in the Pixar logo. I didn't know what that meant, but I was just like, yeah, this is Pixar, I guess. Anyway, Toy Story, fun times. What does that, uh, what does yeah. that mean? Huh? <laughs> What does that mean? What the lamp crush the the eye the lamp crushing the eye? <laughs> have what you like decoded? Have, have you like decoded knees. that? Oh, oh what, like what have I gotten out of that? Uh, I don't what know. Psychological... I don't know. You just were like you didn't know what it meant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, oh well, no, it's shit. more of like it's more it like when you're a kid, you don't like yeah, you you don't. I don't know. I didn't even question it because I think I just seen it over the course of my entire childhood. Yeah, uh, it's just the stuff me. that plays in front of the movies, and eventually you uh, you figure out that it's a studio. But for a while, it's just like, huh, that lamp really hates that lamp. I mean, for, for me, it was what if like same level as like, oh, there's the FBI warning. I don't know what the hell the FBI is, <laughs> but <laughs> what if like as is Pixar society, the FBI? I don't like, know. <laughs> collectively chose to send like finding nemo to like space and like aliens discovered and they just are like ooh, let's see what this art form art from like another culture light years away from us is and they put it in and it just begins with the lamp murdering the eye and they just scream in terror we must I... demolish them to restore peace to the galaxy <laughs> oh, because of the, the idea of lamp. <laughs> I love the idea of a child Alex on his knees in front of a CRT television, just at the top of your lungs every time you put in Toy Story. They're like, yeah, it's Alex's favorite movie, but he has a full-on panic attack at the front. (laughs) Sweat beating down your forehead. You're just screaming, what does it mean? (laughs) Steven, your mic cut out when you screamed. I know. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking at those beautiful wavelengths. I was like, I'm going to back up for this one. If I can't scream on a podcast, what am I doing with my life? Right, Caleb? (laughs) Uh, I'm not editing this. You can scream all you want. (laughs) Just start making TIE Fighter noises. Alex, 
our follow-up to that is what do you think of wait now? wait 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 wait, wait. Pay- I have, we, we have an what? unwritten follow-up i wanted to ask really quick um, oh i'm sorry i missed no the we unwritten for, well we follow-up. never write it down but it always just comes when would you guys say you gave like everyone leaves pixar for a little bit unless you're me oh so i definitely when did. would you say you like you did or yeah did? yeah i mean it i i think i <laughs> i probably left it behind you know the the general like coming of age uh times when like you think that you're growing up and you don't need certain things in your life and certain things take on like a like a childish okay. meaning and so like i don't know i probably left it like I mean, halfway like, through what? maybe like sophomore year of high school and then probably picked it up towards the end i don't know i don't really so i don't really would, remember to be honest with you off. oh it'd probably be like well, what, 20, what year do you do a sophomore in high school i think 2012 2012 I so in 2015 brave. so brave 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 that brave huh? would be around then brave is like 2012 yeah i've never seen so. brave so that sounds right all right Probably Toy Story 3's your get-off point, because I doubt you've seen Cars 2, so... Actually, I have not seen Cars 2, you're correct about that, but also, uh, I didn't really... I, I definitely didn't see Toy Story 3 when it came out, so it might have been before that, I guess, but... Then Up, maybe. Huh? I don't know. No. I'm just, I'm just shoot-balling the movies. Up! Up, oh, yeah, Up. No, I was there for Up, so I guess... I guess right. somewhere between L- up listen, and Toy Story three. <laughs> listen, Alex, he's trying to make it make sense in his timeline of things. Okay, you got to let him do this. Okay, <laughs> he can't question his process. That's fine. He's like a he's like a Christopher Nolan protagonist. He's on a different timeline. <laughs> he's on a different. <laughs> <laughs> now, Alex, I want to ask you what when 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 you think of Pixar now, what do you think of? Uh, wait. I you know I think of uh, I think of consistency. I guess. Which this movie definitely doesn't fall under, <laughs> but I think like generally they're pretty good. <laughs> I, I I'm never really like uh, I I never really go into a Pixar movie like expecting it like to be eh. I I usually expect to get something out of it, which is nice. Um, uh, yeah. This movie aside, I guess <laughs> I would right. not have thought that this well, was this yeah, Pixar. Yeah. Well, this, this is, a... is this is. This is a detour from the mind of George Lucas. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is kind of taking it off the rails here. (laughs) A lot of a lot of Pixar talent though carried over. Yeah. Well, that that's the that's the thing I kept saying to them the other day is like, this movie sucks, but like it is pretty beautiful actually. (laughs) I think like at least the animator animators are talented, but. Stephen, what what about you? Have you seen Pixar movies? Ever. Yeah, so actually, um, mm-hmm. the lamp was my sexual awakening, and um, I'm really glad I could be on. Elaborate on that. Yeah, yeah what part uh, of I'd it? love to. So, Google uh, Rule 34 may- Pixar lamp. Did you want the lamp to stop on you? For me, okay. Well, mostly mm. for me, it was the squeaks, you know, because it does the very specific goes. <laughs> And that just like really like got me, and I just um you know I was a very confused uh, three year old, uh, watching Bugs Life in the theater, and uh, my mom still hasn't forgiven me for that day. Glad I could talk Did you about see cars it here. Too? Glad I could ask. Good. No, no. See cars too. <laughs> absolutely not. No. It sounds like no. In all seriousness, Pixar like Pixar you're movies a fan of Crash. <laughs> crash. But anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, they got like they squeak a lot in that movie. But anyway, go on. You, you, for re- in, in your real life, you encountered the Pixar. Uh, so no, uh, actually, uh, 
I so the first movie I ever saw in theaters was actually Bugs Life when I was three. Aside from that horrible incident I just described with my mom um, <laughs> about my awakening, uh, but no, uh, mm. basically I've always had Pixar movies in my life. Uh, Toy Story is probably the one I remember the most growing up. I think my fall off point. I I saw them pretty consistently. I think like it was after Toy Story three that I started to feel like. Maybe I'm moving on past these. And then definitely, like, I think the last one I saw in theaters was Inside Out. Because, yeah, R. R. 2015. I uh, see, I saw Coco. I just saw it later. Um, and Coco, okay. actually, I think was, like, really good. I just, um, I don't know. It's just kind of like one of those once once you see a trailer and you're just kind of like, oh, elemental. Coco had huh? bad marketing. Yeah, exactly. But it's also He's, tough to sell a movie, I think. But that's just me. It's a tough movie. So. Well, I just also like I don't know. It seems like, it seems like for me at least, seeing the movies they put out, it comes off to me as a studio that has Disney over them, saying you gotta make a movie every two years, uh, or like something. Um, well, let me tell you, Pixar <laughs> recently released three really great movies, and Disney forced them onto Disney Plus so no one could see them, but. Very exciting news is you can see them in theaters next year on January, February, and March. I'm doing marketing for them because Disney probably won't do that well of it. But go oh. see those movies in theaters. Stares directly at audience. Soul is good. I really like it. Soul is yeah. great. All, all, soul, I'm talking about Soul, Luca, and Turning Red. All three of them. Bangers. But anyway... So what do you what do you think of when you think of Pixar? Sorry, my cat. <laughs> or what do you what do you think when you think of the Pixar brand? Uh I think of a studio that made a lot of movies that I used to love. Um but I think of a studio that I don't necessarily I don't necessarily care about one way or the other. I feel like if someone were to if if someone like if Caleb or Alex were to look at me and say Hey, this recent Pixar movie that came out that you didn't see, I think you'll really like. Like, Soul, I haven't seen, but I've heard a lot of people recommend it. So, I would probably see it, but, like, I don't know. Uh, I, I just, I don't feel one way or the other about them right now. Like, will I look mm -hmm. back at the movies they made and go, yeah, that absolutely changed my life? Do I look at them now and go, eh, yeah. <laughs> like I a lot say. of things. <laughs> Just because I just remembered Mark, uh, not Mark, Caleb saying that this is a queer movie. Let me tell you, Luca, there's a queer movie. Anyway, that's I've heard that. That's a straight man. So. <laughs> well, and now and now we've gotten back to this, so maybe we can return to that. Caleb, can you want to explain? Wait, why? Very quick. Have I ever you seen Turning Red? Mark no. makes me ask everyone. Nope. I don't make okay. anyone ask anybody, and I was going to ignore it myself. <laughs> anyway, the well, it's a resounding <laughs> no. The <leader>. <laughs> Mark Caleb, who's who's queering this movie and why? Oh, it's people online. Uh, like I said, I I went and I looked. Uh, I just... Are they like actually queering no. it, or is this like the Babadook where no, it's like? No, I think. Like so here's the thing. Here's the thing about queering, right? Um, so when you queer a text, like the practice of queering comes out of a uh, a drought of representation. Um, whether that be because there was a formal ban on having queer characters, um, like how Jim Shooter 
uh, banned any queer characters from Marvel comics in the eighties, or if it's just, you know, like societally, we don't prioritize those types of stories. And I think because of that, the, it's a very informal process. And so a lot of times it can come off as a joke. And I think most of the people queer in this movie probably are joking, uh, when they're doing that. Uh, which I think is just as valid as doing like a well, sure. serious queer reading of something like Luca, because that's part of the like part of the queer exp- experience also involves like humor and also involves, um, you know, like stupid bits and stuff. The difference between this and like the Babadook is the Babadook w- that was embracing a faux pas from a corporation. This seems to be drawn out of um, uh, out of people who watch the movie and whether or not whether or not they are taking it seriously, they see something that has enough truth that they can make a joke about it. Much like uh, I w- I've been watching on and off some of the Barbie movies uh, before the live action one came out. And oh, let me tell you, okay. those mm-hmm. get those also get queered a lot. <laughs> oh, I've seen those. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like those actually might be have more merit to them than Strange Magic in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and that's the thing. It's like, what is, what is the valid merit here? It's, I don't think that it's necessarily about, like, we need to come up with a convincing argument to have, uh, to have this character be canonically queer. I think it's more about how can we find our space within this story? And I definitely think people have found their space within Strange Magic. No. Um, I realized something. I don't think I ever said Gary Wrightstrom directed Lifted, um, which is a Pixar short about aliens. Um, yes. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, no, we, I mean, we also said that at the beginning <laughs> because I couldn't remember the name of it. And they were like, he directed Lifted. But um, I think that it's, I mean, it's, it's fascinating that, you know, you would be able to identify with people in this film. I found it very hard. <laughs> well, no, just because. Man, that is real, though. I totally get what you're going for. Like, I would, yes. I would say, Mark, that the identification doesn't come from the characters; it comes from aesthetics and I, like. Um, there is a level of camp here. I, I think mm-hmm. the my, my personal like, um, identif- self identification is just like, oh, I have bad romance on my Spotify playlist. <laughs> Going off of that, for the past like four years, Lady Gaga has been in my Spotify wrapped top five simply because of the month of June. So I get you. (laughs) (laughs) Well I always get I always get the same notification. Same song in the top five every year, saying this is the month it topped. Your number one artist in September was Earth Wind and Fire. (laughs) That just always happens. Always oh, gets but... to my number three most popular song. Too. That's funny. <laughs> um, I did. I did want to talk about the music in this film because we haven't explained the plot. I don't know if we're going to, but oh, you should I know really that. Mean... Any any story what beats. Potions? That's the plot. <laughs> what Moira? Uh, any story Brenda beats. Chapman. <laughs> any story well, beats there's... are broken up with bad renditions of pop songs, and. Uh, George Lucas shattered into a million pieces. <laughs> George Lucas, uh, he said he wanted to use um, contemporary music, matching up the words to the story, which was a bit of a challenge, but fun for me to do. Um, I found this interesting because me and Danny watched one of his earlier films, American Graffiti, which uses pop music uh, wonderfully. On the stunt club. 
<laughs> yeah, on the sub club that uses it perfectly and like is perfectly able to like chart the emotional course of its character's journey through music. So um, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what happened here and why no. this music didn't work. I think the clear comparison here is not American Graffiti, even though, of course, that's what we want to say to George Lucas. But I didn't realize this until after I started this episode. But the composer of this is the person who did the music supervising and work on Moulin Rouge. Which does it also way better than this does. Why does but that Moulin make Rouge sense, also has, wh- What? Sorry. Oh, sorry. I-, I was just saying, why does that make sense, though? Because, like, I I have more problems with Moulin Rouge than most people I know. So, like, half the time for that one, it's just the music that they put in there. There's this very, like... They use dynamics in a way that comes off as, like, very over the top. But if you're not kind of trained to it, very, like, frightening. And, like... It makes me feel like my brain is going at a million miles an hour, which it most of the time does, because I have undiagnosed ADHD. Uh, but <laughs> but I think for all of his flaws, Baz Luhrmann knows how to direct a musical number that's way better than any... Not that's even fair. Rider, I think anyone involved in this film. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we can do that, but less interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it, because I actually watched Moulin Rouge too, thinking about... Like, what's wrong with this? And I think that Moulin Rouge <laughs> does the thing that George Lucas originally wanted to, which is it really cuts up songs. So a moment, like a song number is actually like three or four songs versus one. And I I agree it's also about the direction of it. Because most of the songs in uh, Strange Magic, they're, they don't, they don't feel like they're coming at the point like they would in a musical. There are like two that do that, but then a lot of them feel like like very out of place. Like I don't know, this this number seems like I don't know, it just seems like, out like of left something. Field. Yeah. Yeah. Sugar well, pie, honey bunch. <laughs> wow, that was uh, the mic rejected that. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know I love you? <laughs> well, I think about um, specifically. I think about with Moulin Rouge. I think about like the the moment where like Ewan McGregor is talking to Nicole Kidman, and he's like doing your song, and he's like, uh, "It's a little bit funny, this feeling inside." And then and then he just turns around and goes, "My gift is my soul," and you're just like, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> I I, I, mean, I think about that, and I'm just like, you know what? When I think about that scene, and then I think about this movie, I go, "That makes sense." This movie could really use a Roxanne, also. Any movie could use Nicole Kidman. (laughs) (laughs) Roxanne. Although I will say, it's a little weird John Leguizamo isn't in this movie. I just feel like it's the type of movie that has John Leguizamo in it. Who would he play? (laughs) What? Who would he play? Uh, I feel like he definitely should be like... He'd play the dwarf character, wouldn't he? No, I think he's too old to play the dwarf character. I think he could play like... Alfred Molina's character, but like a little Ugh. more comedically. I'm not gonna lie, you said the dwarf character, and I actually forgot that that character existed. And then uh, I yeah, just guy, pictured Elijah... what they looked like, and I hated it. Ugh. Elijah he Kelly. Has, um, he has the one song that I think works in, in the film and as a musical number when he's cheering up this whatever is his the last girl's film name credit, is. Guys. <laughs> but like you can you can see that it was when he's singing that song there's like the subtext of him cheering her up and then they can like then they're like falling in love a little bit 
which is the opposite of what I feel with a lot of the other songs in the Moulin Rouge, where it's like hmm. there's there's like no there's like not subtext, or it's like not the songs that work in that way. I don't know. I'm not putting that well. Hmm. No, My I can problem. see what you mean. Oh, go ahead, Danny. Oh, well, I was about to kind of change subjects, but it does it can still relate to the music. My thing with this movie was I watched the first hour yesterday and then turned it on today to finish it. And basically, it was very weird because when I turned it off, you know, the the two main characters, uh, the Bog King and the the main character who just and whatever the her name is, doll, yeah, the brat doll, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and girl. they hated each other. And then as soon as I turned it on, all of a sudden they loved each other. And I was just like, what? That's what? How Did I miss something? I rewound it a bit, and sure, no, it just just flips. It just flips suddenly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's kind of like how if you watch Revenge of the Sith, you know, you can really, in the course of ten minutes, go from, oh, Anakin seems stressed, to, he did what? Hmm. <laughs> he ki- there was a... But children. it's reverse, because now they love each other. Oh. Early, they just hate <laughs> each other. <laughs> well, they bond, you see, over not loving things. They hate love. And so but they no, but they, they love each sad. other before, and they, they start falling in love during the sword fight, where you don't feel like they're falling in love while watching the sword fight's choreography, but then his mom shows up and goes, oh, I guess they're in love, and suddenly they are in love. <laughs> okay, has, I don't know what you guys' background with, like, video games uh, is, but, like, have you ever played Oddworld? I don't know. No. What's Oddworld? Explain. Okay, I, it, I will go ahead and say this. All of the characters in this look like they could be in Oddworld. Which is like, oh my god, I forgot about this game. Okay, cool, you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're 100% on the money with that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) They look like they're ripped directly from it. And the mom in particular. (laughs) The mom in particular is just disgusting looking, and I hate the character design. Because it's just like, it it also just kind of like, I don't know, I, I feel like I look at her, and then I look at the Bog King... And I have to, I have to really make that leap in my head that that's his mom. Like, wait, I didn't piece yeah. that together. That's his mom. Yeah, that's his mom. You're talking about the little exactly. frog lady with a <laughs> wide mouth. Yeah, that's his mom. mom. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow that's what this I mean, troll to this cricket. We don't have to go into detail. Um. I also gotta say, I wonder if there's like, this is sorry, I'm I'm very jumpy to this stuff. This this. You guys bring up Oddworld, I'm like, I don't know what that is, I'm sorry. But it's cool that it reminds me of a video game. But yeah, I wonder if there's I, something to... What? No, go on, go on. Oh, I, I, I was just going to say, going. it's really nice that it can remind me of something else while I'm watching it. That's, that's a very good <laughs> point. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I wonder if there's something for for me and Mark as the Pixar followers, I wonder if there's something to... And I feel like I'm going to say this, Mark's going to be like, Danny, stop speculating behind don't, the scenes stuff you know nothing about. What? Oh, oh, go anyway, go on. Uh, I wonder if there's something to Gary Rydstrom getting his Pixar film canceled, Newt, and then going over to this movie and being like, hey, Brenda Chapman, who got fired from Brave, would you like to play the animal sidekick in this? Because Brenda Chapman got fired from Brave. Um, Stop uh, gossiping. I (laughs) I don't think there was anything to that. I didn't know that she played the animal sidekick, though. She plays the imp. Uh, Which I thought was a cute design. It's the closest movie has to a cute design. Danny, I'll go ahead and say this. You know, is it a conspiracy level like kind of thing, or did she need to pay rent? Because I think she might have just needed to pay rent. No, she so, got uh, fired because uh, John Lasseter mm-hmm. doesn't believe in women. 
Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, it's conspiracy along those theory. Lines. All right. Um, <laughs> no, so the uh, going off of kind of the visuals, what's interesting here is that I do think um, what my what my buddy Joey, who's an animator, calls the the good dinosaur problem, which is that the backgrounds are very beautiful and the character designs are very functional, but neither work in tandem. And I feel like you have the same here, where like these are pretty good like environments and they look like as well as you could do in 2015 with this type of movie with this type of budget this looks like a very convincing like forced environment and then the characters look like upgraded models from a barbie movie and these two things just clash together and then the characters interacting like there's never a sense of like scale with the environment like you never get the idea of how like small these characters are in relation to how big the forest is um, so I, I, it's definitely not a unique problem to this movie, but it's just a shame that like that even the technical elements that are working here are working against each other. I, I think another big problem I had here specifically with the character designs is I think all these characters are too skinny. Um, and by that, I specifically mean whenever we have these big dance numbers, right? You can so clearly see like. They're supposed to be filling the screen, but there's so much space between their legs. Constantly, they're so because they're just so skinny. It has nothing to do with like how they're blocked. It's just mm-hmm. there's so they much dead people. space because they all have Barbie doll proportions. All these unrealistic this movie is a body two types. Two out of ten. This movie exactly. is a Even two the Bob out of King ten. is too skinny. Like the monsters are too skinny too. <laughs> they can't dance. The official IGN review: five out of ten. That thigh gap, though. Mm. That's, pretty, that's pretty Can't much is that something you actually read from that <laughs> no oh. I don't know I, I wish there was an IGN review <laughs> I'd be something I wish IGN about. would just have the balls just to be like you know what oh Whatever. you said IGN like, I was thinking IMDB yeah. I was like I'm sure someone's <laughs> definitely said that on IMDB no uh the best I the best uh Rotten Tomatoes review that I saw for this was uh you know this movie is really about looks don't matter. But the problem is, is that in animation, looks do matter. <laughs> and this movie's pretty fucking ugly. <laughs> I think um, also, like, looks, looks totally matter. Like, everyone in this film is judged by their outward appearance. Absolutely. And they, they use, like, it's, it's an expression of their inner selves. The but movie the has a whole scene about that. Is a nice guy. I mean, he's not nice. They love each other because they're both broken people who don't trust others. Danny, he has a song a where he goes, foundation for evil. Okay, but again, remember, none of the songs have anything to do with anything going on. Yeah, no, 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 I know. I'm just joking around. (laughs) Danny, don't you remember that part at the end of the movie where he looks at the camera and says, I had an arc. (laughs) (laughs) Stick through the credits for the post-credits scene. Wait, was it? Oh, we did not. Sense? We we yeah. paused at the moment. There's a the mid credit scene where they they show uh, the because you know how at the end the bad guy gets punched and they very clearly show the love potion dripping all over. Oh him. yeah, he gets yeah. to make out with like a uh, like a leech in the credits or something actually, like that. Believe it or, or just, not, you know, yeah. the after credit scene actually I did look it up online. It's kind of weird. So it does involve the Avengers. Samuel L. Jackson comes up as Nick Fury. <laughs> And he actually was like, I'd like to talk to you about them, but he doesn't see them, and they're so small that he steps on them. And the Oh, yeah, he, and he like, murders then, the whole village, basically. Yeah. yeah, they're dead. Good um, for they're him. They're dead. Yeah. 
What do y'all think about the... uh, (laughs) Do you think it's weird, the movie, about how, like, you can love anyone and, like, love wins and all this stuff uh, hinges on a, a MacGuffin that can invalidate your own personal will with love and make you fall in love with anything? Actually, you know I don't what? have an issue with that. I, yeah, I actually like that it is defeated by true love. Like, for whatever reason, that gets me a little bit. It's not enough to fully win me over, but and I, you I actually get the line, like, I think that. the mom says to the ball king, it's like, it, or like, I, maybe it's a circle player who says, it's like, well, it would have sucked because it wouldn't have been real. And so I think the movie very clearly is like, love potions bad, but also this is a Midsummer Night's Dream adaptation, so we have love potions. So... Mm-hmm. Of course, it complicates everything because, so, like, what, Dawn or whatever the fuck the blonde woman's name is doesn't love Sonny until he saves her. Like, that's all that it takes. She never loved anyone before. She's just, like, head in the clouds for the whole movie, not loving anyone totally, you know, at the mercy of the love potion. That's kind of frustrating. But I like, I like the sentiment that the potion can be defeated by true love. So did one single tear drip down your face at the end of this movie? I feel because like... Of that mark? Nah, Not at the end. I can I see mean, it. I was exa- I was like exhausted. I, I felt physical things. <laughs> I was going to say I was so the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Going, why? I, I feel what like does a it better mean? Version, I feel like a better version of this movie rips off Frozen and has like the spell be broken by her true love for her sister type of thing. But also, I think that's way beyond what this movie is, like, ever, like, addressing. I I think that twist can only be done by Frozen from now on. Like, I don't think another movie would ever dare Well, sure, but at the time of this movie being in development, I feel like that could have been something they had and, like, they didn't have time to fix. You know what I mean? That's true, yeah. I also, like, I do wish that there was a character in movies like this where they can acknowledge that it's, like, you're fine off without romantic love like or even familial love like you can just make it by with like like you love yourself or you have like the love of your community around you but so much of these these type of movies it's hard to sell that to parents it's hard to sell it to parents yeah but like you know I this movie did sell to anyone so like it sold $31,000 if if I were a parent that's true hell yeah (laughs) No. This movie has more important things on its mind, Daniel. Well, can I talk about a movie I saw recently that is related? Trust me, it's very related to this. Uh, that, yeah. So, a couple days ago, I went to see the number one animated film in theaters this fall. And I'm, of course, talking about Mario. Trolls Band Together because Wish is bombing. <laughs> um, and the important thing about that is just in general, Trolls. I don't know if any of you have seen Trolls. Like, any of the Trolls movies. I've seen the first one. But they all go into this jukebox musical style way better than this movie does. Uh, I saw Trolls 3. I was like, you know, I, I, I don't remember anything from Trolls 3, right? Much like Strange Magic, like a few like a couple days from now. The difference is, while I was watching Trolls 3, I was like, this is nice. Like, they're singing good as hell, and they're, they're trolls. And now there's a chase scene, and it's that the sweet dreams are made of these that the bad guys sing. Like, this is nice. Like, I can't complain about this pop music. Like <laughs> the, reason, the reason I saw Trolls was because I was playing some music one time. I was hanging out with my sister, and I was playing music, and uh, um, Tears for Fears came on, uh, Sound of Silence. Or not Tears for Fears, Simon and Garfunkel. 
completely different group. Um, <laughs> and she was like, oh, I know this song from Trolls. And I was like, this song is in Trolls? And so she pulled up the scene. It's a genuinely hilarious scene. Um, but yes. that prompted us to sit down at our very uncomfortable kitchen table and watch the entirety of Trolls. Um, I feel like there's just a lot more knowledge of both of like a broad uh, like a broad taste in music with that movie but also how to make a scene funny using music i also think even though they're based off of toys they have a much better idea on what makes a cute character design that even the ugly characters and trolls are like you can look at them you know like like they are ugly but they are fun ugly and in the new one they meet these other trolls that are just animated like sock puppets and they think they're great they're fantastic uh, I was really happy when the sock puppet trolls showed up. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, these puppets—they're amazing. They, are they actual sock puppets or are they? No, just they're animated. animated. I, okay. I I should see if there's like any pictures of these trolls online. Trolls band together puppets. You know, because they were really cute. And I was just so in shock at like how adorable they were. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I like these trolls. I could band together with these trolls. Am I right? Well, I'm down to thirty-seven. <laughs> guys what do you think is a better title trolls band together or jurassic world dominion because both of them are sequels that randomly drop the colon uh oh let me show you this other there's a character named crimp doesn't star trek into darkness also do that oh yeah yeah okay so ra- rake them so there's this character named crimp that looks like a mop and she's great okay. i'm gonna show you a picture of crimp and Mark's going to put you. Crimp in the title of the, the, the episode image of this, because I'm going to make it. What am I going to do here? I'm going to tell people that we're showing them a picture of Crimp. Uh. And every, if you want to play along at home, go hey, look hold. up a picture of Crimp. Look at Crimp. There we uh, go. Okay. Crimp is There's great. Crimp. I yeah. love Crimp. Crimp there is we go. so cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm trying I, to find the sock puppet one still. I'm sorry. I will uh, say, I did find it really weird in that one scene in the new one, because I did end up seeing it. Um, I did find it kind of weird whenever they were doing good as hell that, you know, the main character troll looked back at the other dancing trolls and said, lose some weight, fatty, try to keep up. I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> but other than that, like, I mean, I thought it was a good movie. You know, eight out of ten. Five stars. Yeah, and Dan Schneider came out and slapped one of them in the face. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. He said, come sit on Papa's knee. Um, <laughs> so strange Sorry. magic. <laughs> Yeah. Why can't Strange I not find a name of the magic. troll's wife? <laughs> I don't know. What's the We're... troll's wife's name? <laughs> did I, um, did I mean, did anyone else get a chance to answer the question of whether they cared or not about, like, it being a love potion? I don't even think the love potion's in the movie very much. No, yeah, it's I only in there when it's, like, like used. A, a... It's not really talked about. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's, it's a MacGuffin. It's not a mechanic. Yeah. No, I'm just, there's Compare... a Bill Cosby joke somewhere that I'm trying to find. <laughs> and <laughs> it just oh that's right there was wait what <laughs> right, I found wait, the no, 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 no. I'm, am I wrong about I'm that? just saying I'm trying to trying to come Harrison. up with one but uh it's failing me at the moment but <laughs> that's the sock puppet troll oh, oh my god alright <laughs> that's significantly all right, better all right. than I'll the first shut up. I'll shut up. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I, Danny, I feel like this is your Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. It's a <laughs> serviceable movie that because you're a fan of like a couple of things in it, you will champion it to the end. Isn't that right, well, Caleb? It's, it's yeah, honestly more explicitly of, yeah. like I saw Wish and I saw Trolls Band Together and one of them was a good movie. But also, Steven, like you don't want to have this fight because I've played D and D with two of the people on this call, which I think like enhances their ability to defend the D and D movie. Mm, so that makes sense, yeah. You played D and D with sense. all the people on this call. Have you? I, I played, played once. Mark. Oh, not with Mark. Okay. Mark, have you played D and D? I thought you were referring to them and then never mind. Um I wish I had played D and D with Mark in college. Because I feel like if we had played together, then our campaign wouldn't have ended because of some relationship drama that I won't get into. I, I guarantee you my own relationship drama would have ended the campaign. Well, yeah, that's yeah, um, yeah, that's actually true. Never mind. Um, but I also, I don't actually like d and It's too much yelling. That's you fair. You watched the movie? I don't know. Uh, no. Because I'm averse to the product. Why would <laughs> I watch the movie on Thanksgiving? You're, you're holding out for like, the magic. This really got a theatrical release. It's garbage. Actually, that's yeah. that's interesting. Mark, uh, would you go see the other Wizards of the Coast movie, Magic the Gathering? Is that a thing? No, what but if, if it was Magic was, Mike the Gathering. I don't know. I think I think it's more just like no, no one I, was gonna buy I, it. I liked it. I liked it, Danny. <laughs> 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 I just I like the Lord of the Rings so much and I think that it like no other fantasy movie will ever go as hard as the Lord of the Rings yep. in terms of atmosphere and mm. production value. Have you seen Strange Magic? And, and uh, <laughs> like commitment like in in terms of like fully buying into the themes of 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 the work and I guess also Love like, Conquers All. Well, Strange yeah. Magic. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, and and this film is also about like why ugly people suck, and, and I mean not just ugly people, but there is like a moment in the film where it's like, oh, the Bog King fell in love with this beautiful woman, and then you see her, and then the joke is that she's like an ugly toad, and then like all of that happens, and then Lord of the Rings is you know obviously about how like like women are strong and cool. But also, like hanging with the bros is is nice and fun, and then you can slay dragons. My and God, I need just, that to be the review of Lord of the Rings on the back of the box. <laughs> you, you turn, you turn the bros are you suck says the bros night. <laughs> yeah, boys night. Yeah. Oh but, my God, um, I love like, I love that description. Mark to the women. <laughs> like the. I don't know. There, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I'm not a big fantasy or a big sci-fi guy because uh, I just, I just kind of had my tastes set, really set when I was much younger, and, it, and it's hard to like it's get a, away from that. It's a standard that won't be met. I think it's safe to say that like the the style of filmmaking at the time, the ability to get the budget and the team together was like stars aligning with lord of the rings <laughs> yeah yeah it's and it's i mean it's yeah kind you of can like... see it nowadays when like dune can't shoot back to back it's, you know what i mean like stuff like that yeah and i mean it's the thing is with dune is like i watched dune and kind of enjoyed it but it's 
no, it's nowhere near as much as I enjoy the book Dune, and I liked watching the movie Dune because I'd like read the book. We've kind of talked a little bit on this podcast about stuff that I might go see, like if they did an Atlantis reboot with mm-hmm. like live action. Hell yeah! But stuff like okay, enjoy it's, directed it's, by like Mark Webber's. <laughs> it's kind of... Well, that's what I'm. That's you. I mean, you you already said it. It's it's like really. The Lord of the Rings was like this perfect storm, you know, and you know if if uh, I don't know I don't know what it is. I told you I like made a really famous gif about that, right? What I made a, a famous gif, gif. Of, of Peter Jackson that went viral. Oh, yeah. I wish I could find it though. It's really hard to find now because the original version really got deleted. You. So I don't have the link anymore. It's so famous that it's so hard to find. <laughs> it was no, it's, 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 it's hiding in the. Okay, so uh, like, it's, it's deep in the Pixar FBI archives. It was in. I uploaded it on Imager, and Imager always deletes stuff. Uh, but at the time, you know, most stuff you upload on Imager gets maybe like 20, 30 views. This one got to like three hundred thousand views in two days. Well, Danny, uh, the last the the original file of the GIF can be found in Atlantis, but unfortunately, you won't allow us to have. I'm gonna fun. find this GIF, and you guys are gonna be mad. What? You guys are gonna see. What it is he like, doing in it? Because Mar- I just looked up like it's, Peter Jackson so, gifts. Uh, I mean, I looked it up too. I can't find it right now. Maybe if I can find the, uh, yeah, I could. Let me see if I can find the uh, the website it was on originally. Uh, so, Mark, is... I did have a follow up question uh, for you in regards to kind of what you said about taste. You were saying about. You're not really a fan of sci-fi or like fantasy too much. Is there anything about those genres that like kind of inherently makes you kind of like push back or like maybe go, eh, I'm not going to be into that. Like, is there, is there a resistance there? Well, sci-fi is easy because sci-fi, the books are always going to be way more detailed than the movies. Mm. And what I enjoy about a sci-fi book is actually like hard sci-fi and like really technical detailed descriptions of things like i love when books have like a ton of math and it's just kind of explaining math to you like if you can explain math to me in a fun way that's like a trillion times more interesting (laughs) to me than like oh god my wife sucks which when you translate (laughs) these books to the screen is usually like how it ends up it's you like because you have to have you know because movies are made with people so you have to have people drama and mm. it's very hard to like make a um you know like like using ah, I found time the gift guys the medium for your art when you're um you know just writing technical descriptions but that's actually what I enjoy about sci-fi with fantasy it's just i don't know fantasy is is always a little bit like uh it's always seemed a little bit like conservative values to me. And I know I just talked about like the fun of chilling with the boys <laughs> that, that make the Lord of the Rings appealing, but the Lord of the Rings is so wholesome to me. And I also think the Lord of the Rings, um, I mean, I don't know. The Lord of the Rings is, is it, it, that's just all that it is. The Lord of the Rings seems very wholesome to me in a way that like Sam saying that he wants to go be with the um like the barmaid for some reason that coming from him seems very like innocent to me in a way that it doesn't coming from like you know the the guy playing highlander or or something like that listen the bro had to climb up a volcano just to get the courage to ask a girl out who already liked him yeah like and i think that's real that's 
Yeah, that's been relatable. There. Yeah, been there. Those exact so, circumstances. So, Mark, uh, yeah, and then we can. So uh, I think that's it too. It's like it's most for me. It's like it's all, it's all about these like fucking muscle guys, and that shit. It's kind of like a war. They're, they're they like they become war movies instead of you know chilling and eating food and. You know, you I, don't don't know. Get I, the just, I just want movement. something different. So yeah, you don't yeah. get the intimate kind of moments, and I think like uh, part of what you're saying too. I think the difference is with sci-fi books. You know, you can get like lost in those details and kind of like really love that part of it. With fantasy, a lot of the details, a lot of the time is let me tell you about characters that existed a while ago, but don't exist anymore and have no bearing on the plot. And it's like, and that's kind of the difficulty there. So I, I totally understand that though. But thank you for explaining that, Caleb. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I was just curious, and then we can hop anywhere y'all want. Um, yeah. as, we can talk as about an, the gif I sent. <laughs> I, love, I love this. <laughs> what, as, the gif I sent? As an actor, wow, I did see would, the gif you sent. It is it is a good gif. You know Does what? You, I, I reversed a zoom out on him to get that, <laughs> and I was very proud of it. I'm going to name my your, first child gif now. Not Danny, just gift. Alright, Caleb, I'm sorry. I just wanted to show the gift. It did go viral. Mark, does your um your hesitancy towards consuming uh that type of genre stuff, would that translate over into like a uh, a creative capacity? Like would you if if you had like a million options in front of you for like an acting role? would you avoid the ones that fall into sci-fi because you don't think that those would be satisfying projects to work on? Incredibly no, because actually one of my dreams is not a dream role, but I want to be, I want to do jobs, you know, like how uh, Frank Langella is Skeletor and how, uh, you know, Orson Welles is Unicron. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to do one of those. Or, or at like several. I would love to be the guy who who takes the villain role like so seriously that it's it's like holy shit, who is this guy? Like, what's he doing over there in the middle of this like shit show? Yeah. So I would actually love to do that. I mean, it's all you know. It's it's so hard to relate these things to each other. It's all it's all tied up in like different aspects of myself. You know, yeah, it is yeah, funny but... you you saying that because hearing your voice, you have a very like deep voice, and so like when I think of the characters that we just listed, I do think of like the fact that Orson Welles' Unicron is literally just like Megatron, like just the whole time. So it's like I could totally see you doing that actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there are so many, there's like James Earl Jones, like obviously it's oh, yeah. Darth Vader, but like James Earl Jones and Conan, and just, there there are so many examples of this. I would love to have one of those parts. Yeah, I love that. And I don't mind that other people like those movies. I actually, like, I like that idea because I too have been a child. It's just, I, I don't really enjoy them much anymore, just because I, I, I kind of found out that I like sci-fi books more for another reason oh yeah totally get it i I totally get it i was actually gonna say if you i don't know how you how into video games you are but like um you know uh, i'm a huge fan of like the soulsborne kind of franchise which you know are known for difficulty but like uh, for me the thing that they should be known for is like the world building i think that all of the characters are really cool and it's just interesting that like it 
it's kind of based on how much you interact with the material in that way. Like reading an item description can make you understand a boss, which I think is really under mm-hmm. really interesting. So I was just curious. Oh yeah, I mean I I love all those games. I don't play video games a whole lot because I get kind of a, I get kind of like sucked into them too much. But I've watched like full let's plays of all of those Siri, games. Siri, play Strange Magic. <laughs> All right, back to Strange Man. Sorry. Wow, they fi- they fi- they finally <laughs> got okay. me. I just sent a I, I just <laughs> sent an image of Peter Jackson looking dejected. So that was a <laughs> hell of a transition. So anyway, please, welcome back to Soulcast. Please wear cast. your helmets while you uh, ride back. your segways. Wait, wait, what's that one? Alexa, play Strange Magic. Now everyone's listening to their health dramatic. Oh Jesus Christ! I can't believe we did this. <laughs> Are you um, just trying to get like everyone yeah, did, that's did, listening to this podcast to like <laughs> be forced into this? Um, um. So what? What? Uh, what other like burning shit did people come in here with to talk to talk about strange magic with? Uh. Well, the movie. <laughs> Man, that silence was definitely. <laughs> the movie is burning <laughs> shit. So, I mean, that's about what I got. There you for go. Yeah. Um. I guess. Yeah. I don't have anything. I don't have anywhere to go with this. I just wanted to affirm what you said oh, earlier. Oh, I did something I wanted to just say. That like. There, there's so much intellectualizing you can do about a film, but there's, sometimes you just are so turned off, and that was there's me one moment at the end of this movie where I actually felt very happy. I felt oh, and then I this sounds like I'm using my bit voice, but this is legit. I was watching was it the this kaleidoscope movie, and it was like stuff? one of those things. What was it the kaleidoscope stuff? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. oh the very that, end. Oh, I was yeah. like, this is like 2001: Space Odyssey, right? That was now. wild. That showed me like, pretty colors, and I like it. <laughs> That felt like acid flashbacks for a trip I haven't had yet. Well, like, I it was really funny about it is first it starts like it looks like cool kaleidoscope images, and then you realize very quickly, oh, they're smearing. It's the moment that like faces start like melting together, where it's just that like yeah, and you're just like yeah, or like <laughs> it's something it's just... a six year old could do on their iPad. But because I was watching Strange Magic, I was like, this is amazing. This is like, this is like Stan Brakhage and Lynn Lai had a baby. <laughs> I thought you were about to say Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> so what part of like... this movie that I, we all, re- or at least I really loved, was that. So um... the end. <laughs> When it ended. Well, you know, an hour <laughs> forty was minutes. No, I was really I'll out of it. An hour forty-one. Let's go. I was curious if any of the actors got billing, and it turned out none of them did. So that's why I saw the mid-credits scene because I was just curious about the billing, and there was no billing. Um, there I, was no I, billing. I, I wonder if part of the bombiness of this was that it didn't really have any big stars. Um, I'm so yeah. surprised it didn't have Mark Hamill. You could what? easily, hmm. you could easily slotted Mark Hamill into this. Well, and, I think he would have played the Alfred Molina role, and Alfred Molina is the most the biggest name in the cast. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's funny Alan because Cummings actually, up there. I kind of I brought that up during the uh, during the filming uh, uh, filming during the viewing that we had. I always think about oh, when I hang out with these two, I'm filming something, and I'm like, we don't even film anything; we just record. I don't know why I always say that. I always say it. The point being. Uh, when we were watching it together, like I think we actually kind of said something about that, right? Where it was like, uh, Mark Hamill, do you think like 
you think they were he was contacted because like i feel like he would have been like a choice for the bog king he refused to answer his phone (laughs) but the bog king still has to be like a romantic interest for that said alan coming ain't young either so that's kind of that's kind of my point i'm like well how are they trying to play this character i believe is like theatrically trained to sing not that anyone this movie actually sounds good right but right I, I get why he's there. Like, I, that's why I'm like, I feel like he, you slot him more in the Alfred Molina role, because Alfred Molina doesn't really sing in this. But I also am like, well, then you remove Alfred Molina, who's either the most famous person in this cast or second most famous, if you want to say Kristen Chenoweth was having her moment still in 2015. Yeah, but either way, like, no one's going to go to the theater because Alfred Molina or Alan Cumming are in your animated movie. Like, Yeah, well, you if... want to know what happens when you bring up those names? Literally the same result. Mm. You say... Oh yeah, Alfred Molina. Or you say, Oh yeah, Alan Cummings, and you say, Who is that? And you say, Oh, they were in a Marvel movie in the two thousands, and you go, Oh, that guy. <laughs> and that's it. I'm looking up the cast for <laughs> um Alright, so I'm looking up the cast for the most the the most infamous animated bomb of all time. Norm of the was, North. No, Delgo. Oh, okay. Food yeah, fight? Yeah. Um, no, oh no, god, no, Delgo that I've I've seen. Delgo, I've never seen Delgo. Delco is actually a movie that was part of my childhood. <laughs> Welcome back Delgo. to Delgo Cast. Did you know that Delgo? <laughs> oh, what Delgo the fuck is, is this? the last film? Delgo had for Anne John. Bancroft. This is a crazy thing on Wikipedia. Actually, Delgo was the final film for actors Anne Bancroft and John Vernon. Both of them died three years before its release. The film is dedicated to Bancroft. So John Vernon, they're like, nah. Hell fuck no. you, John Vernon. She deserved it better. They Can you died three years before its release. But they worked they, on they, it. They must have been working on it for a Dang. while. Can you imagine? Production started Man. in 1999. What a way to go out. Can you imagine, like, someone showing up to one of the actress' funerals, like, three years she before the movie comes her. out, and they have a poster of the movie, and as they're lowering the casket into the ground, they just toss it in, and, like, their wife and child is there, like, what the f- was that for and it's just like coming to a theater you see i'm and they just like run away i'm picturing that happening but i'm picturing uh freddie prince jr who plays delgo doing that <laughs> so <laughs> no, do you she, think george is... Lu- do you think george lucas like <laughs> do you think george lucas and dave filoni like heard him in that and said oh my god kanan he absolutely <laughs> needs to be in star wars i mean um, i read this quote from delgo director, chief animator, and artistic director Derek Winslow went on record in January 2001 of US Weekly stating, Delgo would be his finest creation and would outperform Shrek at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is really interesting here is that in, this is before Shrek came out. So is he saying he thinks Shrek's gonna bomb? Or is he saying, nah, Shrek looks great, but Delgo's gonna be better? He does that interview, and then his his law team comes into his office and say, Ah, sir, we have some interesting news to tell you. And it's like, what? Shrek's they have tracking sma- really well. They have Shrek. Smash Mouth. Oh, <laughs> they have Smash Mouth. And then it's just like... And then you just see, like, the charts for, like, Shrek go, like, all the way up here as All-Stars playing, and all the way down here for Delgo. <laughs> Wait, when? What it's like, Do no, you know what no. year he said that in? January 2001, so before Shrek okay, came out. Okay, yeah, I was like, because there's like a solid seven years between Shrek and Delgo, <laughs> so like... 
That's <laughs> wild. Yeah, Delgo is a 2008 American computer animated fantasy adventure. 2008. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, how did he say that about? <laughs> I got, I got one last question for y'all. Um, so, obviously, a lot of. Uh, talented people worked on this movie, but uh, we have a Star Wars podcast, so we only care about George Lucas. Also, we can do his voice, and it's funny. Uh, how does this? Funny. How does? How does seeing this and knowing that this was like George Lucas's latest passion project, <laughs> the thing he was working on while Force Awakens was in, you know, being or Disney was buying it and putting Force Awakens into production? How does how how does this affect how we see George Lucas, the idea we have of him? Oh. I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of Good. confirms some biases I have about him already. It doesn't really give me anything new about him. It's just good that I, 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 this is the George Lucas of the Star Wars prequels. There we go. Like, yeah, I think that more than what this changes about what we know about George Lucas is more like this raises questions for me about Disney, the production company. Like, why did this happen? Because why all of the best happen? George. Like, well, like, all of the best George Lucas products have kind of gone through other people, like Steven Spielberg, or, you know, the production team of the early Star Wars movies and all of that. And that seems to be the secret code for getting the extremely, um, like, binary stories uh, that he likes to tell on screen in a satisfying way. And I just, like... I, I feel like, yeah, this confirms what I feel about George Lucas, but I am I have all these questions about, well, what about the other people involved here? I mean, I do think this... Um, well, here's the thing about Gary Reitstrom. You can't really kill Gary Reitstrom's career. You just kill it like... He's like, oh, darn, I guess I have to go back to sound-mixing... Steven Spielberg's films, you know? Like, yeah, you can't kill what wasn't there. Um, exactly. <laughs> I stick by that, like, it looks like Gary Wright's from joint production in 2012, which means this movie was well underway before then. And, like, you know, he landed the plane. This isn't really his fault, I feel like. <laughs> like, we, we might want to be like, yes, director of vision, but again, something's in development for 15 years and someone comes in for the last three. I mean, Not like, much you can do. <laughs> Yeah. Here's the thing, too, with George Lucas. I, I'm kind of with you, Danny, with what you said, and in the sense of, like, it's not so much about what did I learn about him, it's that what did I confirm coming out of this movie? And I was like, absolutely. Like, I, I started this podcast with it. I will end it with it. It's, it's that he, when he is given an assignment, I feel like he goes into a different mode. You know, me joking around with my friends different than me trying to actively set up and make a joke as a point of entertainment um and i think with him he gets wrapped up in that so he's just like what do girls like songs and then it's just like let me write every song into the movie that i can and it's just like at a point much like them explaining everything in star wars where he's like we need to expand on the metachlorians what if greedo showed up for a second and we made a joke about him getting shot what if this happened and we just set up this what and it's just like he gets so involved in the weeds of it that like if you don't have those people who can take a stand like mark hamill who we still have the tashi station line but at the same time there were many other lines we've talked about that he was going to be forced to say, and he was like, I'm not saying this. And it's like... Forced? Uh, ah. 
Uh, there it is. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Rake's headphones. Kill him off before we can get the sequel trilogy done. <laughs> what? What was that? You're gonna, you're gonna kill Steven off with your jokes before we can get our sequel trilogy commentary. Yeah, listen, he's, done. He's, he's you guys have to have me on for Andor. I bring this up every time I talk to Caleb. Do an Andor episode, have me on. Alright, but season two's out. Listen, That's now true. that it's a meme, we can't have an Andor episode. In fact, you know what? It'll be like the last episode of Star Wars Therapy, and it's just like, hey Alex, did you watch Andor? No. Yeah. What'd you think? It's pretty yeah. good. Did you guys do actually on Star Wars Visions too? What? Do what? Uh, no, Did we, we did an episode on Visions too. Yeah, we didn't do an episode on Visions one. Oh well, I was oh, gonna say have Mark on for the Armin episode. <laughs> I would like to we do. We just kind of talked Visions, about it here we've... and there, didn't we? We've talked about yeah, it a few we times. Just haven't gotten to it. I don't know if I love the Ardman episode. <laughs> oh, I haven't even watched. You it. shut your mouth. <laughs> what? I haven't sorry. watched it. I don't care if I'm on. I don't care if I'm on your podcast. No, Steven that's fine. That I'm a big Ardman fan. I just, all right. I don't know. I love the first divisions. So, are you gonna force Danny to do an Ardman podcast after you're done with Pixar? No, uh, you know, after after we like take like a year long pilgrimage in the desert after completing this podcast, and then we like come back. Uh, I don't know. We should do we should do like a DreamWorks thing where we do I mean, uh, like uh, the Road to El Dorado. I've been oh, pitching yeah. all yeah. shit like that. I've been pitching to all my um grad mm. apps that I want to do my dissertation on DreamWorks, so there you go. So weirdly enough, that when you, you when you apply to grad school you're supposed to immediately know what your dissertation's gonna be, but you know like, Damn. That sucks. <laughs> but yeah. So weirdly enough, you guys brought that up with DreamWorks, actually a good animated movie that I've revisited a lot, which is strange because I'm not I'm not religious, but the Prince of okay. Egypt is one of my favorite episodes ever. Oh. The, one of my favorite movies ever. And oh, I so thought you like, were saying when it, we did an episode on it. I thought you were saying, "Oh, well, thank oh, you." Did, oh, did you guys? Sorry, I didn't. I didn't actually get to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we that did an early. episode. Oh, on. yeah, no, 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 we did. It's it's a funny coincidence that you said mm. episode. But yeah, we did. We, I mean, yeah, no, I'm in the same place. Like it's I, um, it's directed by the re-watch. person who directed Brave, so that's why we talked about it. Oh, got you. Okay, yeah. Brenda Chapman. Who I did could that? do a once a year prince of egypt rewatch oh. but like yeah that'd be i mean that'd be a fun thing to do and it would be it would be like four or five episodes long which would be wonderful dreamworks but yeah just the oh, TV you want to do the animated ones we we would do we would do four four good movies it would be a beautiful <laughs> premise this no. is the four good movie podcast three episodes <laughs> on each individual troll spell no, see, this no. is this is why if I had to do one with Danny, it would be Cartoon Saloon because then it's like, well, we got four movies, we're good. No, what I want to yeah. do follow up podcast to this one or Snow Club. I gotta do my Adam Driver podcast where I just watch everything Adam Driver did and get my thoughts out there, and then I can do three Star Wars episodes, two movies I like, and then one movie I'm going to be like, why am I spending time acknowledging this exists? So my you bigger question your dissertation on Adam Driver. What? Make your pod make your life work for you. Do your dissertation on Adam Driver. No. No. Okay. Never do, mind. Do anyway. his, just a dissertation on his character Myrwood stories. Uh I should do a dissertation on his SNL sketch where he's the oil bear. I love that. Love that. Yeah, yeah, that, that sketch is amazing. Uh, my, my girlfriend me, told me she has no idea who Adam Driver is, and I had the realization that I should just show her that sketch, but it has not happened yet. I need to just pull it up like, you don't know who Adam Driver is? Just watch this performance. 
you're gonna Adam, know. Adam Driver is in one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Patterson. So I, I really Patterson is great. Yeah, love that movie. That's um, one of Patterson's my favorites. A really good movie. And it's really so, hard for me to pitch it to people because I'm like, oh, it's great. Nothing happens. Like, <laughs> pretty hey, much nothing Jarmusch. happens. That's a Jim Jarmusch movie, and I absolutely love him for it. Yeah. <laughs> the other Jim Jarmusch movie Adam Driver I hate so <laughs> oh yeah that, that one's that one's a rough one but um yeah uh, no so you were talking about showing people well, SNL skits um I me and my partner will show each other SNL skits that we hadn't seen before and usually it's always a hit but then I showed her the round ball rock uh skit which I'm not sure if y'all are familiar is with is that the one where the rock like Self thinks that the evil. It is. Uh, it is the guy I did from. Just watch that video. <laughs> the, evil, the rock one. It's the guy no, from. No, um, the... Anyway. Sorry. It's it's the guy from I think you should leave and Jason Sudeikis, and yeah. they are they are pitching uh, the the theme to the NBA, um, and it is the most obnoxious skit ever. But I love it so much, and I got judged so hard for showing it to her. <laughs> Mm-hmm. R.I.P. My, See, my I, favorite is. Oh, sorry. Go on. We should. No, <laughs> we should. Anyway, sorry. Go on. No, you're fine. I was just gonna say I felt that way when um. So a particular love that I had when I was younger was um terrible movies, and by that I mean movies that I thought were really funny, and then later on in life everyone told me were awful, and I was like, oh, but I love it. Because it's so stupid. Two of those movies that I watched as a child, which I definitely think that uh, me watching these movies as much as I did is the reason I didn't get into a better college. I'm very sure of that. Um, Cat in the Hat starring Mike Myers. And, I had watched that once for a podcast. It was terrible. I know. But I can say <laughs> almost every line from that movie, and I don't know why. Um, the other one is Master of Disguise starring Dana Carvey. Which is basically the a bunch nine. of SNL skits wow. stitched together. Um, the 9-11 lore on that one is... Sorry, oh my Mark, god, it's so funny! Believe <laughs> me, Mark. Believe me on that, that's the lore there. He was in the turtle suit uh, when it happened. <laughs> but the point being is that like, I showed it to my girlfriend because I was like, hey, this is a really bad movie and I want to get your opinion. And we got past the first part where he starts doing a scene from Shrek in his terrible Italian accent. And she paused the movie and looked at me and said, was the entire country of Italy outraged at this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like, like she she demanded, like, public justice for a country. I need answers. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> justice. <laughs> justice. It was so good. And, and then I made her watch the rest of it, and she was like, I genuinely <laughs> hated it. Um, what? Well, I, I think I think that it might be time yes. to wrap mm-hmm. things up here. So I'm going to say that a lot of shows like to give films something like star ratings or thumbs up or down or something like that. We hear it looking for the, for the record. Ocean. This movie sucks, by the way. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, you you can you can prove you can prove that. See, because no, now my, we're going to give the I know films. what mine is, and this has nothing to do with it. Go on, sorry. Okay. Well, I guess it, it'll be okay. Uh, anyway, th- we like to give films objects. Uh, Danny, what is this object you want to give the film, which is okay. unrelated to the premise of this bit? No, it is. Re- it's related to the film, um, but it's going to be very serious for a second. Which is that this film was edited by a man named Chris Plummer, 
who also edited Taika Waititi's Boy, which is a pretty, a much, a much better film that's edited, but it came out before this, so whatever. Um, but when I saw Chris Plummer, this reminded me of the one thing this week that made me really happy. Well, not the one thing this week, but like the one media thing I saw this week that made me like cry a little bit. And that's that The Sound of Music released the original track of Christopher Plummer singing Edelweiss. And I listened to it, and I started crying because it reminded me of like how my dad used to sing it to me growing up. And so I'd like to give Strange Magic a copy on vinyl of Christopher Plummer's recording of Edelweiss. And just to point to it and be like, look at what like art is and try to comprehend and it will be like the obelisk in 2001 A Space Odyssey with all the trolls. And the will come around and go, just like look at it in awe and not understand. And then maybe they'll be reborn as like little Von Trapps. Mm. Wow. What a well, that's, monolithic that's answer. <laughs> thank you. Thank that you. Was, that was fantastic. Hell yeah. Wow. Put that on the back of the back of the DVD box for Strange Magic. I'd like to present Makes this movie with another movie device. soundtrack. <laughs> That's pretty part for the course, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I would imagine watching this when you can watch the sound of music. That's just on the back of the DVD. <laughs> Why watch this when you can watch another movie? So to me, this movie is uh, trash, and so I'm gonna give it the contents of the of the trash can that I have right under my desk, in which case <laughs> it's right here and it's just all a bunch of Canada dry cans. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I fucking hated Hell this yeah. movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sugar pie honey bunch. Um, uh, I, Caleb, your friend, your, your turn. This, mm-hmm. uh, this movie has an obsession with music. And so I thought it would be appropriate to give it my uh, my gold iPod Nano from 2010, but then no, don't get rid of that. I have memories of that iPod. Then I was like, this iPod, I love it so much, and I still boot it up occasionally, and will listen to music. So instead, I'm gonna give it my 2009 True Tech MP3 <laughs> player uh, that only has Christian music on it, and then like four recordings of classic rock songs that I held the the mp3 up to the computer because that's the only way I could get secular music at the time uh, so yeah that's what I'm gonna give it <laughs> that's amazing so question do we have to give an a physical object that's in the room with us it can be a console no no no, no. You oh, no, no, no. okay do I have a do I have a vinyl of no <laughs> you okay, might. Gotcha. I don't know my, my... <laughs> My two co-hosts pull were like, "Oh yeah, well I have something," so I just didn't no, no, know no. if it I also, needed to. Like, it also doesn't actually have to be an object; it just has to be something that you would give as a gift, whether a good or bad gift. It was, you know, like we you could take it to dinner. We, we've we've done like a poetry reading before, you know. Mark once came here and read the entire trailer for Atlantis The Lost Empire out loud. And he kind of was like, well, that was embarrassing, but here's the context of what I tried to get. So if I could give this movie one thing, I'd give it a couple of things. It's, it's kind of one gift, but it's a couple of parts. I would give them, since it is a Lucasfilm movie that came out in 2015 that, you know, tried to appeal to the masses by using pop music, I'm going to 
give it the entire collection of Star Wars The Force Awakened Funko Pops, which is actually, it's really cool because one of them's Adam Driver um, without the mask. The other one is with the mask. Um, and then there's another one that is, uh, that, that's Snoke, but it's actually, Snoke is super big. So it's the biggest one, guys. It's a huge deal. Um, so I'm going to give it to Strange Magic because... Um, in order to be marketable, you also have to kind of be good. And that's what The Force Awakens is. <laughs> kind of so, good. Yeah. I'd like for it to just look at the pop figures and go, oh, we could have been that if we tried. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to give this film a copy of the film Dougal. No, 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 no! It's the English okay. version. It's the fi- I confused it with Delgo, which I have not seen. Dougal is the movie that I've seen. I'm going. Wait, to, so I was looking at I'm the wrong give... movie earlier. No, I well, was talking I about Delgo. Some, I think Mark someone was talking about, about Delgo. Okay, okay, but gotcha. I was talking about Dougal. Delgo and Dougal. Delgo has oh my god, the crossover oh. we don't need, but we want. Delgo me, Dougal, Don of Delgo me, Dougal. Oh my god. Dougal, how do you slip directed him? by Zack Snyder? <laughs> Delgo, why would you say that name? You guys know what Dougal is, right? It's, yeah, it's that weird shaggy dog. But like you know yeah. why it exists, no. right? It was like a well-received British movie. Uh, well, a decently received British movie that Harvey Weinstein was like, people don't understand how British accents, so he reads up the entire thing with a script by Butch Hartman. No! That's such a stupid a idea! <laughs> okay. The poster also has celebrities on it. Chevy Chase. If you're... Judy Dench. Jimmy Fallon. Whoopi Goldberg. William H. Macy. Ian McKellen. Kevin Smith. And John Stewart. In Dougal. I guess Dougal must be played by uh, Chevy Chase. Oh, God. So I do just want to say this as well. What's really funny... What's really funny is we talk about Dougal, we talk about Delgo, we talk about Strange Magic. (laughs) I I feel like all of these movies do inhabit that really weird space of time. And I think we were kind of talking about when we watched it. Kind of to wrap it up is that, like, you know how, like, you have movies you remember from your childhood... And then you have movies that were just there. Like, I'm thinking, like, Barnyard. I'm thinking, like, you know, not the Disney ones, not the Pixar ones. Dougal, Delgo, like you said. Um, you know, like, those weird, like, CG Happily 3D never animated after. Yes, yes. Or, like, uh, uh, Hoodwinked, like, and stuff like that. I think of those, like, where it's just, like, we Bill wanted Hader's a style. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I said that. Mm-hmm. Bill Hader is in Dougal. Oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> Why is anyone in Google? <laughs> Fair. I gotta say, whatever note, I want you to make your point, but whatever note on Dougal is that it notes that the US version adds two characters. One of them is a narrator, so whatever. But then Kevin Smith's character is apparently a moose that is silent in the original. So I guess there's just a moose whose mouth never moves that constantly has Kevin Smith going, What's going on, guys? Weed! <laughs> hey, have you seen clinics? Well, guys. <laughs> It's been great having you on uh, here, guys from Star Star Wars. Well, thank Therapy. you for inviting thank us. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, super fun. It's awesome. Do you guys have anything coming up that you all want to plug? Uh, nope. Well, 
Listen um, to their show. All right. Our, our December, Listen to Star Wars Therapy. Yeah, we release an episode every uh, on the 4th of every month. Um, our December episode was a uh, review of recipes from the Star Wars Life Day uh, cookbook um, with our buddy Bryce. Uh, and we just have, have a bunch of random tangents. Uh, we got some exciting mm-hmm. stuff planned for January, but probably our big project for uh, 2024 is that we're going to do commentaries on all the sequel movies, which will be interesting because unlike the prequels and the originals, we have mixed feelings on the sequel oh, movies. Oh so. boy, is it going to be a wild time. Uh, I would have to imagine <laughs> you all agree on the last one. <laughs> no, you don't? Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't it's, think it's about the last one. It's one of those things too, you know. The past. What's really cool about the podcast in general is that it really is just you know me getting. It's it's us getting to hang out with each other. You know, me getting to hang out with my two friends, and so like I'd be watching Star Wars regardless. But you know, the past year, especially revisiting the prequels, I gotta say, like our commentaries were very fun in that way. So for this one, uh, this is that part in the uh, friendship where where things may get tested. We'll see. <laughs> Definitely, we'll be all we'll be all right for the first commentary. I think. Oh yeah, Force Awakens will be fine. Yeah, and then after that, we'll see what happens. Caleb with and Lash I need I. to have some talks. <laughs> yeah. Out of curiosity, do you guys plan on? And you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Do you guys plan on in twenty twenty five doing the three Star Wars release theatrical movies that aren't uh, part of the main saga? I don't think uh, we thought that far ahead. Okay. Because uh, that'd be Rogue One solo and. The Clone Wars pilot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have, we definitely have options. I definitely think we have talked about doing those, and I think, I think it would be a bit of a shame if we didn't do at least Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Rogue One's kind of a very well liked movie. I think you know by people. I think I think we've talked about alternates to the Clone Wars movie, maybe swapping out with like an arc from the show. Yeah, you could watch the Gendi special. The what? You could watch the Gendi. You could watch the Gendi movie show uh yeah we actually have an episode on that already but yeah i realize that now i think i listened to that episode but anyway yeah 2025 who knows i might be dead by then we might all be dead (laughs) don't say that knock on wood of all of us (laughs) that'd be really scary if you are i have the highest chance of being dead because of danny I have a sensitivity to these things. <laughs> Let's put it this way. This was the equivalent of me having a peanut allergy and this man stuffing Reese's in his face the entire time. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, all right. It is time. Thank you, guys. It's time to read the magic. That was strange magic. Danny, what are we going to do next time? All right. Well, the year is wrapping up, which means it's time for our Christmas special. This year at Christmas, you know, last year we said maybe we'll do a VeggieTales movie every year. And then I came up with a better idea that Mark agreed with. Yeah. Which is that... What? Well, okay, go go on. I don't know what we're... I don't even know what this is going to be. Well, there's one thing not listed here that I'm going to ask Mark right now if he wants to commit to covering it too. Mark. Mark. Yeah, what? (laughs) Ask me the question. Do you want to also cover... The Chub Chub Safe Christmas briefly at the beginning of next episode? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I care enough. We'll see if we talk about the Chub Chub Safe Christmas. But we're also going to talk about <laughs> um, Buzz Lightyear Star Command, The Adventure Begins, starring Tim Allen, a film that we covered once with actually one of Caleb's other co's on one of his other podcasts, Joe Schrimmer, uh, was a pilot movie for another show called Buzz Lightyear Star Command. 
like that that was the full title. It wasn't the adventure begins starring Tim Allen. It was just Buzz Lightyear Star Command. And there's a Christmas special of that show called Holiday Time. So we're gonna watch the Buzz Lightyear Christmas special. For um, okay, uh, great, episode. wow, so. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. All Ooh. right. So we'll see you then. Looking for the ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. I don't have it open. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, while I get it open. Thanks again for our guests for coming on. It was great to have you guys. I'll probably thank you again when we're done reading this a third time. <laughs> woot woot. The, the show is edited by Mark Young. Our artwork is by Sarah Knopf. You can follow us on social media at Looking for the Ocean, Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, and Twitter at Pixar Journey, and on our website, Looking for the Ocean Pixar.podbean.com. You can follow me, Mark Young, at MarkYoungPerformer.com, and on my Instagram at MYoungInsta. Um, my next show coming up is a production of Mr. Marmalade, where I'll be playing the title character, and that is in January. I think that this is going to come out uh, after my show in the middle of December just wrapped. But anyway, get tickets to Mr. Marmalade. That's going to be a fantastic show. It's come. It's going to happen in a living room, and there are going to be like three cats there. It's like and if I'm Josh. not dead, yeah, if I'm not dead because of the cats, it's going to be fantastic. So yeah. Hey, actually, really quick question before I uh, before I wrap up, Alex and Steven, have you guys ever seen Cats twenty nineteen? <laughs> yeah, I Alex, watch it. <laughs> it uh, yeah, it was a it was a contentious well, part the, of my relationship with Caleb. Well, the, <laughs> the reason I bring this up is since twenty nineteen, I've seen it once a year, and I always show it to someone new, and I'm due for twenty twenty three, and I'm trying to find someone to show Danny, Cats. To Danny, let me let me cut oh, you God. off right there. All right, I want to I want to say I love you, I appreciate you, um, <laughs> but but I'm gonna ask something really mean. Um, what the fuck is wrong with you to where you've seen Cats every year <laughs> since 2019? Uh, I can, I can, I've, I've covered it on this podcast before, so I won't say it to you now, but when we wrap up, I can explain it to okay. you. Okay. Right. I'm not going to make more stuff. It's also mostly a joke. I, I didn't mean any offense by that whatsoever, but... <laughs> I mean, you can mean offense about cats. I'm not. I'm not bothered by being yelled at about watching cats that much. It is a logical thing to be annoyed about or confused about. Uh, anyway, you can follow me, Danny Vincent, at Blank Mental Letterbox for all my takes on all the movies. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast that I do with Caleb and also Sarah called The Snub Club. We talk about the movies that most Oscar nominations no wins. Our Christmas special there is going to be on the color purple uh, because there's the remake coming out soon. So we figured we might as well just jump ahead and do some free marketing for WB. Uh, <laughs> they need then, it. Uh, uh, but then also, uh, this episode comes out on the 15th. So if you happen to be near Bedford, Indiana and you want to go see a play I wrote, uh, it's happening tonight. If you're listening to this this morning, get on over there. See how I've got a rings. It's about it's a wonderful life. If there wasn't a wonderful life, um, but yeah. All right. See ya, everybody. Thanks, Star Wars Therapy. Go listen to Star Wars Therapy. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hi ho.